hammer down and push your IndyCar to the limit. So better way to quiet your critics than to go to victory lane. From turbochargers to tight turns, we're covering everything that's happening in the NTT IndyCar series. And Alex Exclusive interviews with drivers, crew chiefs, and team owners discussing the IndyCar storylines that matter to you. No matter whether it's a street circuit, a road course, a super speedway, or a small oval, it's fantastic, and there's more to come in 2022. This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. Welcome, everybody, specifically you members of the IndyCar Nation. It's a Wednesday night, so you know what time it is. For the next 60 minutes, myself... And my resident expert and good friend, Tony Kanan, will navigate through all that is the news and the notes. And we'll have a couple of guests as well in the IndyCar Nation. Tony Kanan joins me now. And TK, it is the month of May and on the horizon this weekend, what I call the opening act for the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the GMR Grand Prix. But really, all eyes are focused on the end of the month with the running of the Indianapolis 500. So I'm interested as a driver, how do you, how do you balance the two? Is there, it, it, does you have to like do a, a force quit? Do you have to like get real myopic and narrow and keep telling yourself, I am only going to concentrate on the GMR Grand Prix on the road course up until next Monday? Yeah, you kind of tell yourself that, but you fool yourself because you're really thinking about the 500. Yeah. I mean, no disrespect to any race it could be the texas race before it could have been whatever race that was going to be prior to the 500 you tried obviously to do your best but i think with the grand prix it's even worse because you're inside the speedway you are there i mean it becomes a month again like for the listeners that are young they were not used to the whole full month of may this is kind of like the full month of may again you know so yeah, they're gonna concentrate on it. But as a driver, I mean, it's, I mean, I'll give you my my thought. You know, I would concentrate for sure to do my best. But my eyes were always at the five hundred. And if you do, if you do good, awesome. You're like, yes, now move to the five hundred. If you don't, you're like, well, now that's when the serious work begin. Let's try to win this thing. So obviously, big buzz. I mean, the city is. It's nice to see the post quote unquote COVID that everybody's there. The, the buzz is unbelievable. Everybody's like, they can't wait to start. So it's going to be a very, very busy and successful month. I think uh, the weather looks iffy as usual. They said that we're going to have more rain than we had in April and it rained it a lot. So hopefully yeah. that's not going to spoil the pot. Well, and I'm looking forward because you, we will be doing a live uh, broadcast on uh, Corporation Day right there at the Speedway, but I can't wait to get there to... Um, Turn left on Tony Kanan. Is it Boulevard or Avenue? It's Avenue. I'm sorry. There you go. Okay. Hey, some of the news, and we'll break down the uh, GMR Grand Prix and the Indy 500 with one of our guests, uh, Doug Bowles, the president of the Speedway, and the potential drive for five with Elio Castro Neves, as he looks to become the very first driver in history to win five Indy 500s. But there was a lot of action, news, et cetera. We visited with Pat Award last week while he was on his way to uh, the Miami Grand Prix. And um, let's get your impressions of, uh, look, I've seen all sorts of things in my broadcast career, Tony, but I can honestly say I have never seen a fake marina 
until the Miami Grand Prix decided to put one just outside of Hard Rock Stadium. Interesting. I think, you know, uh, I got a lot of heat on my Twitter on Sunday for a couple of the comments that I made. And then it was no disrespect to Formula One at all. They have a great product. I think it's great that they come to America. We talk about that in our show. Mm -hmm. As an event, I think they did an awesome job, Jack, um, as far as organizing. The fake marina, you know, I would have a hard time paying 20 grand to sit on a boat that has fake water around. But I guess, you know, that's the innovation. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I, how I feel about that. But the race was very boring. And I think that was the nature of the track. We, we have some of the IndyCar races that are like that as well. But as an event, I think a lot of, it brought a lot of buzz into it. But yeah, that, uh, that <laughs> fake water there. It was, it was at least TK, nobody got seasick. Correct. You know, correct. Uh, I, as an adjunct to that, a lot of people were down there visiting and campaigning, including Michael Andretti. For now, we know the official name of his effort to join Formula One, Andretti Global, and uh, went around to all of the owners, the 10 that already exist, and got two to sign off on his effort. But we'll continue to track that. In addition, and th this has been going on for quite some time, a little bit later in the season, we've got Road America coming up, and already Rahal Letterman Lanigan and Bobby Rahal, the uh, team principal for that team, has extended, along with his son Graham, an open invitation for Sebastian Vettel to try his hand at an IndyCar at uh, that permanent road course that's uh, almost, what, four miles in length. Be fascinating to see if on that off weekend, Vettel would take him up on that. I don't know. We, you and I have talked about this before. I think we're going to see a lot more cross-pollination, as they say, between Formula One and IndyCar, if nothing more than just on some of the potential off weeks, as IndyCar continues to get healthier. No, for sure. And then I think we talked about it. I mean, with Grosjean coming and doing so well, that's going to invite more people. I'm sure Vettel will take Bobby's invitation to at least test an IndyCar. I'm 100% convinced that's what's going to happen. And Jack, to be honest, I think, uh, you know, I don't know why um, people make a big buzz about, well, oh, Formula One shouldn't be here or, or it's a threat to IndyCar. I think it's great for the sport. Indeed. You know, I think, I don't know what's your opinion about it, but no, I think I, it's I'm, great. I'm wholeheartedly in agreement with you, you know, and, and look, we should check all of those old thoughts Remember what we went through when Tony George announced that the uh, U.S. Grand Prix, he was going to build a specific course, which, oh, by the way, now we're about to run Indy cars on at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. The traditionalist, I mean, my God, you would have thought they took the Borg Warner Trophy and burned it. You know, evolution and progress, and we're all as a group, whether it's NASCAR or IndyCar, uh, you and I have predicted that I think you're going to see a, an extended, you know, Sebring level uh, IMSA WeatherTech event or uh, a Le Mans type event in the forthcoming uh, couple of years at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. But speaking of Grosjean, all right, <laughs> and look, I, I would think because you are the chairman of the driver's email chain, <laughs> you probably have some inside information. Uh, Graham Rahal called him an idiot. Okay, Basically, uh, I'm going to use a term that can go in many different ways. A wanker. All right. He is not at all happy. And then said that 
he had reached out and he is not alone in his feelings about Grosjean uh, without yeah. away the privacy of the driver's, the driver's email chains. Uh, how Jeff, has that discussion been? Look, look, um, there has been some heat on Grosjean because he actually did play hard with a couple guys. Yeah, I please. mean, right, no, sure. no, no different than, you know, not even close what PT used to do to people all the time, Paul Tracy. So, yeah, but then think it this way, Jack. You come from Formula One, you come in and you do really well, even in the ovals in your first year. You get hired by one of the biggest team in IndyCar in your second year. It's like you get to the school and you have this group of guys that have been sticking together for a long time. And this kid comes out and starts to become the, one of the most popular kids. He's always happy. He's, you know, he's a French alio, you know? So, and he's very polite. Graham comes out of the car, Tony comes out in style, ah, and he does his interview saying, that wasn't a big deal, it was just a little tap. He, <laughs> he's been handling extremely well. And I think with all my heart, I love Graham. Graham is very passionate. And that's just winding Graham up even more. You know, it's like when you try to pick a fight and the guy just knows how to answer without actually raising his voice, without picking really the fight. So, oh, those were the movies I hated the worst. Okay. Correct. Exactly. I mean, I'd rather you come in and punch me in the face and just say, it wasn't a big deal. Come on. So, yeah, he's not popular. Grosjean is not very popular among the drivers because of that. I'm not saying they hate him, they don't. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, they had a couple incidents with a few people, and, and that's the problem. And then, and I think, again, I've been through, we've been through some controversial eras of drivers. I mean, nobody was more hated in a way and loved on the other way from fans than Paul Tracy. And, and well, I can add another one, and you raced against him. You talk about having a wide rear wing. How about Eddie Cheever? Okay. Correct. I, Correct. I, so when the IRL first started before you joined us, uh, Scott Harrington and Eddie Cheever at Dover, Delaware, uh, engaged in fisticuffs at the end of the race. And forgive me, TK, but this is not tiddlywinks. It isn't bridge. I want to see that emotion. I don't blame yeah, Ray Hall for that. And, and, and you're right, Jack. I think if you think about it over the years, I include myself on it. I made really good friends in racing my my fellow race my teammates and and we haven't in a while you can look the perception is like wow they're all really good friends they all really hang around together we don't have that right rivalry anymore that you know people wouldn't talk or 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 if you had it if we had it, it was in a very minor way so i like it uh i do too and Graham, graham's still going and, and, and you know, you know going, so. TK, and i know you and you know me Next time you and I see Graham, most likely you'll see him before me. We're going to wind him up, okay? Yes. Because we can, all right? Some exactly. of the things they announced, uh, and I think this is a great choice, the uh, 70th anniversary pace car, that Chevrolet Corvette. Sarah Fisher getting uh, some recognition that I think she justly deserves is going to be uh, the official pace car driver. One thing we, we can be assured of is uh, she knows how to get around the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It's good to see her. Speaking of another female former IndyCar driver, NBC has announced that Danica Patrick will return as a guest analyst in the uh, anchor booth with Mike Tirico. 
So it looks as if we're getting the old band back together, DK. 100%, and I think this is great. You know, from the series as well, we have, you know, all this diversity letters with all this different kinds of drivers and type of ethnies. And, and you know, like I, I would say Sarah was a great addition. I mean, she's she was, in my opinion, from my generation, obviously she was the first, right, that opened the door, you know, and then obviously Danica came in, became a lot more successful, but awesome to see, awesome to see that uh, we have Tatiana Calderon on the grid for the for the road and street courses, so we're not going to have it. A, a woman racing in the 500, so not more than fair to have Sarah lead us to the green flag. And look, she came up the tough way with her dad's midgets and, you know, moved up and uh, even to this day is such a, a vital member of uh, what I call the Speedway Mafia. Everybody that's, uh, you know, traces their, their passion back to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. By the way, hey, you, a former sponsor of yours when you were with AJ Foyt, ABC Supply, back in action, reuniting with Foyt, but this time for something that I know is near and dear to your heart as well. And that's a support veterans group that is uh, called Homes for Our Troops. And it only makes sense because ABC Supply, certainly one of the better building supply companies from roofing to windows to siding, et cetera. So uh, they're going to be uh, involved in trying to build awareness and donate uh, some much needed funds for a nonprofit that customizes homes to serve injured first responders, specifically veterans. And I know what Ganassi Racing has been doing with the American Legion and, you know, the suicide prevention. So we welcome them back to the fold, even if it is just for a one-off. No, 100%. And I love to see that. Obviously, JR. I mean, have you guys seen the paint scheme? It's an American flag with the troops and, and has a lot. It's very close to my heart with, with, with the American Legion, like you just said. So it's awesome to see on Memorial Day weekend. It's also nice to see, Jack, that they never really stopped supporting AJ. Since they left, they keep coming back. You know, it, okay, in a minor, you know, role, but for the most important race of the year, the most important race that AJ cares. So... It's awesome to see that, and uh, I'm really happy that, uh, you know, we have a lot of uh, American flag cars. You know, lately, I mean, if you look at the grid, I was commenting that with another day. Uh, you, you look around, it's like, man, those cars, everybody looks the same color and this and that. And now you have some, uh, my car is an American flag, JR's car is an American flag, so it's going to be awesome. And the last item, TK, is one that I think we will come to really appreciate and that's yet another safety innovation with these LED highly visible uh, panels that will display to you, the drivers, what the condition is. So if we're on a road course, it may be just in one segment of the racetrack and uh, it'll show up the yellow. But more importantly, the ability for race control to be able to see firsthand and project what the situation may be far away from a camera's view, et cetera. This to me is something we're going to talk about, maybe not with the intensity of uh, the way the, uh, the arrow screen, but it again shows that, you know, IndyCar and Penske Entertainment specifically, they're always looking and examining whatever might be a cutting edge application that will make drivers safer and make the racing better. No, 100%. And uh, look how... 
that was really smart on, on uh, Penske Entertainment side. They, they, we had that system. We've been testing that system, not on track, but on, on IndyCar headquarters across the street from the Speedway. Uh, I was part of uh, some of the tests during the winter they've been doing for the past five months, actually, inside the office, which is pretty cool. Uh, I couldn't say much, but obviously they waited it to put it at the speedway. Okay, it's not in the oval, but still, you know, Roger is still like, you know, the innovation needs to come from the speedway. They know, so it's going to be a pretty good test. There's a lot of things that, you know, when you rely on electronics, it's, it's hard, right? Like, I mean, it's still, thank God the human, I mean, the yellow flag post guy, it's still the most accurate one because you're not going to press a button, it's not going to work. But I think the innovation is coming. Probably it's not going to make a huge difference on TV or anything like that. Just, you know, it's well, not it's something that. You're gonna... Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. But he says, oh, I'm going to watch the race because of we have LEDs, uh -huh. you know. But well, I don't think anybody watches the race for the safer barrier. But still, as long as we can keep knuckleheads like you safe in these race cars, then, you know, it needs to at least uh, get several attaboys. And uh, it, it, it's a technical innovation. All right. I right. have the opportunity. And it isn't because you didn't want to be part of it. It was because, well, our next guest has such a busy schedule. Uh, I guess you can't blame him when uh, he's on his drive for five. Um, your childhood friend, you two have grown up through the ranks from go-karts all the way to Indy cars. You know what we're talking about. Up next here on Brick by Brick, my conversation with Elio Castroneves, who I know TK knows, celebrated a birthday yesterday. Stay right where you are. We'll get to that after we take this time out. Quick pit stop, and then we're back on the track. This, this is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, I may be a day late, but I'm never a dollar short with our next guest, Elio Castroneves, who yesterday celebrated his birthday on Tuesday. And Elio, how old are you now? Or you know, do you, did you stop counting? No, I never stopped counting, actually. Uh, but uh, in, it, you said it's uh, one day late. No problem. It's it's better than late than never, right? That's, That's true. The, what's That's most true. important. But uh, I'm the 4.7 version now of my uh, my computer. And tell you what, it's getting better than better. All right. I want to focus on that because I like that. The 4.7 edition of Elio Castroneves, uh, a new team that absolutely – delivered to you something you had sought so many years and it comes so close and that was that well history making fourth indianapolis 500 so uh, elio castroneves 4.7 and 2022 with meyer shank racing is number five on the horizon oh absolutely we're gonna fight i, I can promise that obviously when you're talking about um, if it's going to happen or not. I know a lot of the guys, I mean, competitors, teams uh, have a, are looking at us with a different eyes this year, which I love it because last year they, they didn't give much of our uh, a chance to us, which is was great. We get the element of surprise, but we from last year improved the cars among with everyone, but I can only control what is our side, but I do feel rules didn't change. Everything seems to be the same. 
which helps a lot. So um, I feel that uh, we're going to be fight for the win again. Well, you're rejoined with a former Penske teammate who also knows what it's like to win the Indianapolis 500, Simon Pagano. How has the addition of Simon added or made you better in the cockpit of the race car? Well, uh, Simon and I uh, have a, not only a great uh, uh, work ethic, uh, which is seem to be similar, but one complement uh, another. Um, Simon looked for areas that maybe, you know, after a few times, I'm like, I wanted this, I wanted this, and maybe I don't get it. I just m move around the problem. And Simon like, no, we got to resolve that issue. <laughs> and uh, and I like that because when you have someone that look for those situations, it just improve and uh, instead of just go around the, the issue. And I think that's a, that's a, a good uh, compliment to everyone uh, at Meyer Shank Racing. We all looking into improve and to keep moving forward and to make it better, of course. And by the way, just to add about... Um, the chances for the Indy 500 this year. I feel too that a lot of people are going to be wearing pink color now into the grandstand. And last year, nobody even believed that we could win a, a four time. But this year, I do feel a lot of people believe that we can make it happen. Your entire career, Elio, uh, it has been fueled by the response from the fans. Uh, it certainly prompted you to uh, come up with your signature Spider-Man climbing up uh, whenever you want up the nearest chain link fence. How, do, how are you able to channel that energy and that enthusiasm to, well, I don't mean to sound melodramatic, but to push yourself over the edge knowing that you have that kind of pink support in the stands? Well, as you mentioned, I really take, um, I really appreciate uh, uh, the fans and, uh, and the support of the the people that not only um, want to see, you know, someone that's happy to win, <laughs> but also <laughs> want to be part of history. And I feel that's what makes uh, uh, not only this race so special, but uh, this this race, is it's the way it is, it's magical and makes everyone, you know, uh, feel part of history. Because forget about me let's talk about the tradition let's talk about the, the heritage uh, let's talk about that so many families um, it, it's part of their their family culture let's put it this way and me I'm just a small piece on that making people happy and that's why uh, I enjoy it and um, and uh, trust me I, I really <laughs> the fans really give me an amazing energy and um, and I feel this year is going to be even more you, you trace your friendship with my co-host, Tony Kanan, all the way back to Brazil and go-karts. During that test session uh, leading up to the Indianapolis 500, uh, he was faster than you. Were you sandbagging? <laughs> no. Well, you know, these days, uh, speed, no question, uh, his team, Ganassi, uh, which is the team that I was fighting last year, uh, uh, for 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 the win, and they sh certainly have the speed. Uh, Dixon was the pole position, and they were all in the top nine in qualifying. They they certainly have the speed. Um, but I've been there, and speed is not always uh, the key to win this race. Uh, it helps, but it's not the key to win this race. And I feel that um, with Meyerschenk Racing and uh, uh, with all our guys and and the, the way that we building this car is to make sure 
we we get in there so obviously um we continue working we're gonna have a lot of week ahead of us uh uh before the race and that's what we're gonna focus on it you know as i listen to you and as we chat and we've done this for so many years uh, there seems to be a narrowing of the focus by Elio Castroneves that heretofore I would witness on the grid when it was time to get in your office and go racing, but the effervescence and the laughter, uh, you know, you, you, you ran that string right down to the very end. But here it strikes me that Elio Castroneves just, uh, what, some three weeks out from going after a record, incredible record-setting fifth Indy 500, has already begun to narrow that focus in preparation for that Sunday when they give the command to start. Well, you're right. Um, I feel that last year we didn't have as much of um, understanding and knowledge of uh, what we expect. It was our first ever race, you know, together, MSR and I. And this year is a little bit different. We do have a lot more that we uh, we understood, uh, a lot more that we need to imp- we feel that we need to improve. But at the same time, we're not in the urgency in terms of, oh my God, if we don't get it, it's not going to happen. No, because we had a phenomenal setup last year, and they're actually the same car from last year. It's the same this year. So uh, it gave us uh, a sense of uh, confidence. Uh, but uh, but we know areas that we're going to continue working on it and and we also know that the competitor is going to be uh, you know breathing down our neck which is fine because that's when i uh, that's when i exceed best when i have uh, <laughs> the guys right there so uh, i can't wait i just can't wait we're, we're continuing our conversation with the birthday boy here elio castroneves celebrating his birthday one day ago here on brick by brick all right, Ellie, you've referenced the fact that you're bringing the, the car that piloted you to victory one year ago, but there was a moment that any of us that watched that two-day test session saw when uh, the car getting away from you and having a close encounter of the safer barrier style uh, brought you literally to your knees. You weren't hurt. What you And it became obvious to those of us that know you. You had to make absolutely certain that you hadn't terminally wounded that race car. That's how much you love it. So can we get a mechanical slash medical update on the car itself? <laughs> yes. Um, as you you guys as you guys know me so much, so well for all these years, and um, I don't hide my uh, when I'm happy or I'm sad. Or <laughs> and that day was, yes, I was, oh, my goodness, please make sure. That... I wanted to just run up and give you a hug and say it's going to be all right. <laughs> I was like, no, that's the car. But um, I tell you what, uh, people don't 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 see behind the scenes. But the MSR boys, they and right away, by the way, we never ran on the next day. I I together with the team, we decided to just ran this car straight to the shop and start working on it. And I tell you what, wow, the pictures that they sent me. Uh, Jack and everybody else, it's uh, it's amazing. The the, the job that they did, uh, it was outstanding. I'm so happy to have the the group that we have that they never spend any time or a weekend or day off to make sure the car is well prepared and it looks fantastic. So, well, much different vibe I have to say because thank God they were able to uh, make this car and recoup the, some of the pieces that we uh, we feel that is essential for um uh for the 500 
And um, I'm so glad that we were able to have that. You know, a lot of drivers like to name their favorite race car. Do you? I I like whatever is giving me an opportunity. No question. <laughs> yeah, but this is listen. This is your Indy car, right? Come on, between right. now and when they open practice for the Indy right. 500. No, I agree with you. You know, an old friend. Do I it don't, for me. I don't okay? do a name, but come I, up I, with I, a name, okay? <laughs> well, why don't you? Why, that's a great, uh, you know, uh, for us to have the engagement with the fans. Why they come Absolutely. up with a with a name that uh, or or idea? I think it would be actually a great contest. Whoever um, come up with a uh, creative name. I um, I'll start calling that car that name. Well, I, I we pretty much have just released it to the IndyCar Nation here on Brick by Brick, but uh, with the social activation that your team does such a great job with, we can combine and you know as long as they don't come up with something like Ralph. <laughs> Yeah, you know, or George. George. Oh no, way. George! It is. That's it. You. <laughs> we need something. I think we just found the name. Uh, George. George. Oh, well, Jack, you know that's what? Funny. That would have everybody scratching their head. It's like this what? is my boy George. <laughs> that is okay. the that's funny. Let, let's let, we we had a little looseness, but I've overcorrected. Let's get back to a couple of last. By the way, items. nothing nothing against the people that have named George, right? That's that's just right. to make sure right. we um, we put that nor out. Ralph or okay. Ralph, <laughs> yeah, right, or Elio or Jack. Here we go. Um, Thank you. In between, you know, we're kind of ahead of our skis a little bit because what what looms directly ahead for everybody in the NTT IndyCar series is a return to uh, the road course, the GMR Grand Prix. And I've always thought it was fascinating because you came up, and I certainly came up, long before there was a road course. And Indy and the Indy 500 would open up the festivities, and there wouldn't be any distractions. But this time around, you got to get your road course car ready to go. And then the next day, the next day, you have to shift gears. Is it more pressure on you? or on your crew to make that sort of shift? No, we, it's, uh, they are professionals. They know they have about a day uh, that we're going to be converting those cars, but mostly the, the Indy cars already prepare for that. Um, we just make sure that the, the pieces and the areas are, are, you know, spare parts are ready to go in case some emergency like what happened if, uh, a month ago when we had this, that little incident. But in the end of the day, it's... Um, the same car is it's it's not going to be the same as Indy, uh, but we're really looking forward to the GMR uh, race on Saturday, which is going to be 3 p.m. on NBC. And before that, Jack, you forgetting to mention about oh be, the greatest the greatest documentary, right? Yeah, the club. We should tell people the, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and NBC got together all of the Indianapolis 500 four-time winners. The show was done, uh, thank goodness, before we mourn the passing of That's Al Unser right. Sr. And uh, it is a must-watch, no doubt about it. It will be at 2 o'clock on NBC Easter time. So it's just kind of like leading up to the to the GP. And uh, my goodness, what a... I learned so much that day, Jack. It was absolutely incredible. And uh, and that's why I'm here. By the way, I don't think you mentioned, I'm actually the headquarters of uh, Sirius XM. And, uh, well, they let you in. They haven't let me in in 15 years. <laughs> well, <laughs> you got you got you to gotta know the right people, Jack. Come I on. I guess you're right. You know? I guess you're Well, you're, 
your owner is the former CEO. Here we so go. Here you we probably go. already have the ID. Hey, listen, I know you got to go. Um, I oh, don't forget. Talking, drive what? for five. Come on, drive for five. So drive for five. Memorial yeah. Weekend. My people. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people that listen to you knows what I'm talking about. But uh, for those that are the new listeners, drive for five. Memorial Weekend. Come on, let's get everybody on board. I, I like it. Hey, I've come up with the nickname for your GMR Grand Prix car. Okay. Ethel. Apple? Ethel. You know, don't look now, Ethel. What the? Okay. Uh, all right. Ethel, all right. Ethel, Ethel by Jack. Ethel by Jack. Let's find that out then. <laughs> take good care of George. Looking forward <laughs> to your shakedown runs and a run for the pole. But more importantly, happy birthday, my friend. Uh, you, I feel very, very fortunate to have uh, known you for as many years Likewise. as I have and wish you nothing but the very best in that drive for five. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. Well, TK, it's been a lot of fun so far. I mean, that was, first of all, anytime that you can visit with Elio, uh, it's always a treat. It strikes me looking back on that interview, and now that you've had an opportunity to hear it, he approaches the race with a Canaan-esque type sense that, look, I'm just happy to be and have the opportunity. But unlike you, unlike you, I think he's still, he's lusting for that fifth. I saw and heard more seriousness in the beginning of the conversation with Elio than I've ever had in any sort of conversation with him since he first showed up at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I guess that it's not a burden, but it's got to burn bright that you're on the precipice of being able to win a history making fifth but is that any different as i say it than maybe the way you feel going into this indy 500 no jack and then i think you know it's always i mean deep inside when you join the race with depending on the team that you are in you know what to expect right and i think him and i i mean as as old as we are right now we're both 47 we are in one of the two best teams to win that race. Yeah. So you really have a real shot. The approach is like, yeah, man, let me just enjoy it because if I add that pressure on myself, it, it, it can hurt you. So yeah, the winners of the 500 have one thing in common that I, that I believe that it's a little bit of, uh, you know, the, the, in the back of your mind is if it doesn't work, you wake up the next day, you say, you know what, but at least I have one, at least I have two. And it's gonna go, at least I have four. You know, so the approach is no different. I mean, we need to to keep our heads straight because we know we have a real good shot to win it. It's not just about, well, yeah, we're going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it because I know, as a matter of fact, every year that goes by, it's, it's less of a chance that I'm going to be back. So I have to enjoy it. But on the, the other hand, I'm in one of the most successful teams in IndyCar, and I have a real good shot to win my second one as well. Quick pit stop, and then we're back on the track. This, this is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. From the green flag to the checkered flag, we're discussing the hottest topics from the NTT IndyCar Series. This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. Welcome back to Brick by Brick with Tony Kanan. I'm Jack Aroot, and pleased to have joining us now the only man I know outside of me and UTK that really doesn't have a real job because he has a passion and a love affair 
for what he is now in charge of as the president of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Doug Bowles is in the house. Doug, am I pretty accurate in my assessment that this really isn't a job? This is enjoying a passion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just like everything. I mean, even TK probably tell you that there are days that his driving is a job. Um, there are job elements to it. But when you love what you do, even the challenging parts and the difficult days don't seem to matter as much, right? Because uh, because you do love what you do. And, and having an opportunity to represent this 113-year-old racetrack is uh, is pretty amazing, actually, especially in the seat that I that I currently have. For the listeners that don't know, Doug and I are really close friends. Um, there are many projects that we we share at the track, but I wanted to give this people an idea, you know, how busy you guys are just keeping the track pristine. And since Roger came on board, all the things that you guys have done that we might not even notice, but there are small things. How how big of a change, you know, it was obviously Tony was awesome. The human family was awesome for the place too, but then you come fresh blood, new ideas, different mentality, other things, you know, that, that he wanted it to change for you. You know, obviously you, you've been there for the longest time and, and rightfully so, I believe you're the right person for that job. That place is really lucky to have you. What was the biggest thing that you saw with, with Penske Entertainment that, you know, that you've learned because you were always learning, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you you set that up nicely in the sense, because I think we all feel this, that, you know, the racetrack isn't here today if Wilbur Shaw doesn't convince Tony Holman to buy the Speedway in 1945. And, and then for Tony's family, you know, to carry on that tradition and care so much about it and be such great caretakers of it. And, you know, you, you shouted out for Tony George there. I mean, Tony was as passionate about this place as anyone. I think the biggest difference is um, Roger particularly understands our history and tradition. I mean, he's been coming here since he was a kid in, in the early 1950s and then obviously racing here and, and winning here. But Roger's management style, especially as an owner, is completely different. He is full on hands on. I mean, you know, he was here yesterday walking around the property and asking questions. And at one point in time, he said, hey, can you get TK on the phone? Because I want to talk to Tony. And that's just how he is. So he'll walk around and see things on his own, make suggestions. Um, and then he he's involved in the decision making and trying to understand, you know, what can we do to make the place better, whether it's fan experience or driver's experience or team's experience. So that's the biggest thing is you've got a guy that owns it, who's rolling his sleeves up and getting in it every day. And, you know, you've all heard the stories about Roger buying the Speedway and then walking through every single restroom about 50 times until we could, you know, you know work on them. You know, the things we've done already this May is walk through all the restrooms and concession stands with Roger uh, because Roger wants to, to make sure that everything's right. So that it's just the hands-on side of things and his attention to detail is unbelievable. I, that's pr probably why his team has been so successful, right? He, he gets the big things, but it's just the little itty bitty things. So sometimes it's pretty easy to gloss over that he really focuses on. So we're all beginning to, look at things like Roger looks at them and realize that looks pretty good, but Roger's going to say, do this, this, and this. And we end up kind of have, we, we try and get ahead of him now, but the biggest thing is just how involved he is day to day. He's not just an owner. He's a manager. Without question, uh, an abundance of innovations. TK and I talked at the top of the show about the latest one that has been tested uh, as TK revealed, at least across the street in the offices. And now we'll get into full form with the uh, LED uh, display panels 
for the drivers in terms of a, a, a remote control flagging system, at least on the uh, GMR Grand Prix. But that's just one of many things. So I asked Tony this at the beginning. I'm going to ask you, Doug. Traditionally, when you and I first started our love affair with the Speedway, it would open up with the month of May on May 1st. Yep. And it would be exclusively building around every single day mm-hmm. until six o'clock practice. Uh, now we have the festivities of the GMR Grand Prix, which is on the road course. Yep. And then yep. the next day we transition. Is that something that from your perspective, means having to marshal more personnel is it something that you see as a positive i weighed in and said look change is good and i I think the more that we can be innovative in that regard for fans the better off as an industry we are well you know i'm a traditionalist like you are and the romantic side of me it always looks back and says oh man wasn't that great when it's 30 days in may and even when they shortened from 30 days and it really but it was still two weekends qualifying and TK, I don't know. If, I think you went through one of those, a few of those years where it was two weekends, but um, that second weekend, honestly, that second weekend weekend is brutal. Oh. It's, it's brutal for your teams. It's brutal for your employees. Um, you know, if you're not in the show, it's, you just want to go qualify again. You got these five days of risking your car on the track. If you're in the show, you're like, what are we doing here? We, it's, and it's two weeks. There's a, so there's a, a pretty good argument for the way that we've condensed the schedule, I think, that works well. I do think we're better off having a race opening weekend a few years ago before actually before TK helped us design the racetrack that we have today. Um, before then you had an opening practice weekend. There was just a practice weekend that basically meant nothing. In fact, some of the teams didn't even run or if they ran, it was install checks and they thought, you know what, we're not going to risk equipment this early. So to have a, have a race that's points paying, that gets NBC television coverage, that gets media members to come in for a reason other than, than this inconsequential practice day, I think has really turned out well as a great way to kick the month of May off. And then you go into the next weekend where you've got the two days of qualifying condensed, uh, the fast nine, now fast 12, I think is really compelling on the years that we have more than 33 cars. That can be compelling, but a lot of the excitement now is around how do you get in that fast 12 this year? And are you going to qualify 16th and then say, you know what, I'm going to run again and try and get the fast 12. So I have a shot at the pole. I think that's become exciting. And then obviously, you know, race weekend with carb day and, and race weekend is sort of staying the same, but I think we've landed on a schedule that works pretty well for everybody. And for the drivers, I mean, these guys came off Barber, they get a week off and then they're going to go three weekends in a row at the speedway. Then they run off to Detroit. I mean, it's, it's a brutal stretch for drivers and teams. So I think giving a little bit of relief on the month of May probably is a, is a wise thing. Well, if you're TK, though, it's a one and done, you know, then then he's back fielding phone calls from you and Roger and having to deal with me every Wednesday night. Well, I mean, (laughs) obviously, uh, it's been two years that, you know, it's kind of been weird. Obviously, you guys, I mean, I remember the first year. I mean, I decided not to retire because we didn't race with anybody. I can feel it. I mean, I went to the track yesterday. We, we, we addressed a couple of the things that we were, we're working on and you can feel it. It's back. Are we, how is it going to be? Is it going to be the biggest one since the 100? I mean, how, what are you guys expecting? So just look in your career, this will be the biggest attended Indy 500 you've ever seen with the exception of the hundredth running. And we're wow. going to close, we're going to be right on the tail of the hundredth running. It is, I kept worrying that when we got to May 1st, 
that ticket sales would begin to slow down. And it's done the opposite. Ticket sales are, I mean, we are selling tickets like I can't believe, which is, which I think is a lot of, it's been three years since anybody who wanted to come could come here, right? 2019, the last year we could do that. The NTT IndyCar series is so competitive. There's so many great teams and drivers and there are great storylines this year. I mean, Elio getting a chance to run for five, Jimmy Johnson and Romain Grosjean as rookies. Can TK get number two? Because that, you know, our fans, they're, they're, and Andretti hadn't won, Marco's running. You just start looking at all these crazy things. Um, the series is exciting. This race is so much about tradition and history and not having been able to let anybody come in here the last couple of years has created this, this I have to be there feeling, I think. And I mean, I just keep warning people, if you're coming, come early, man, because it's going to be, it's going to be a big day. Well, we're both looking forward to it from different perspectives, much the way you are. I, I, on one hand, will be able to go back to where I love and uh, TK on the other hand is going for a deuce and you on the other hand, hopefully you'll be able to enjoy at least for a few moments, the race itself, but first up the GMR Grand Prix and, we appreciate your visiting with us as always, uh, Doug, because you are a very special person and the yin and the yang is you and the captain taking care of things at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Well, thanks for having me, Jack, and for your continued passion for the sport. Um, you know, we know it comes from, it's in your DNA and in your heart. You know, you were born into it and, and it got even deeper into you as you could make that decision on your own. And, and obviously, you know, TK is an absolute fan favorite here still. You know, when people ask me, you know, what what's your favorite race in history? It, it's well, 1977 when my dad walked me in here for the first race because I was 10. I could finally come and in 2013 because um, my stepson, Connor Daly, qualifies for his first his first Indy 500. And my favorite modern day race car driver, Tony Kanaan, who who hadn't won an Indy 500, knew what it meant, got a chance to win it and hear how much his crowd loved him. And, and so um, you two together is a pretty a pretty special duo. So thanks for all you guys are doing. I must say, I mean, Doug Bowles, we have seen him at dirt tracks. We saw him in Miami. We see him, you know, out there with the track crew, whatever it takes. And as in our discussion, the simple fact that he takes that responsibility to heart because he started life as a fan. And you join him up with Roger Penske and Penske's organization. And we've said it and we'll say it again. The future of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the 500, and IndyCar racing in particular. I can't think of better hands for it to be in moving forward. No, Jack, I have to say, we had a, that issue on the apron at the test. Since that day, I've actually been helping Doug and his team. Roger called me yesterday. I was about to catch a plane and asked me if I could stop by on the way to the airport to see the apron. I ran the two-seater uh, last week on the apron. They Doug is there 24-7. Yeah. It's amazing, the passion that he has. He's a fan. That's not – he doesn't work there. He lives there. And, and, and that is not a better person to take care of that place. I mean, we have the two best guys on the job there, which is the owner that is that loves that place, and then that is Doug. So – the amount of hours and the good job and the passion that he has for that place is unheard of. Well, it's that time in the, in the segment for you and I to predict who we think will go to victory lane in the GMR Grand Prix. Both of us came up short in, in the last outing, but I'm going to defer 
to the younger member of our dynamic duo. So TK, uh, who do you predict will find himself in victory lane and kicking off his month of May in fine fashion? I'm going to pick Alexander Rossi. Wow. He has he had a few podiums there. I think I saw him in the gym this week. Um, something's changed since, and I know probably what it is. Uh, something's about to change big time for him in next year. So and he, he has that kind of look in his face like, uh, you guys, I'm going to prove it. You know, now that I'm leaving, I'm going to prove it to you. That's, that's so typical. That is typical, Rossi. Um, okay, staying with the, uh, the, the theme of potential chaos, okay, and okay. going off the board, wouldn't it be great if Roman Grosjean won after being finishing on the podium in his first two appearances there and delivers a victory to Andretti Autosport and along the way has a dust-up with Graham Rahal? I'm going that- with the Frenchman. Okay. Okay. You know, okay. I mean, might as well take advantage of chaos, correct? And yeah, what it will not? do. As long as I'm not in it and you're not in it, I'm fine. I like the idea. Exactly. And then, you know, as I said in the previous segment, we'll wind them up when we get there. When you need to uh, stop by, if you're going to be there during Carburation Day and visit with the live broadcast that we'll be uh, uh, doing on Carb Day at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So our thanks to our guests, Elio Castro-Navis, and uh, to uh, Doug Bowles. Quick reminder, if you want more IndyCar talk, well, all you have to do is subscribe to my podcast, Jack Roots Wind Tunnel. The producer for Brick by Brick, our buddy going to his first ever Indy 500. The rookie. A rookie. We're going to make him wear a yellow stripe. For Tony Kanan, I'm Jack Roots. Join us again next week, won't you? when we will review the GMR Grand Prix, but more importantly, start the countdown to the greatest spectacle in racing, the Indianapolis 500. So long, everyone.